For those that are visiting, my name is Fred, uh, Fred Mugambi. Mugambi means preacher in a culture. So it, uh, my mom was praying, and she never told me, but one day, when I was about 17, my mom actually prophesied on me. My mother told me, you'll prosper, you'll flourish, but she never told me why. At that time, I was a teenager, no dreams, no vision, nothing in my head. And she told me, you'll prosper. And one day when I stood up and I told my mom that I've made up my mind, I want to work with the church. I saw tears in my mom's eyes. And she told me, I've been praying for one of my children to come to be a pastor. Because my mom served the church for the rest of her life. Even during death, there were no tears or celebration because of the work that my mother did for the church. And she cried tears, and I watched my mother cry just because I made that commitment to listen to God and stand here. So it's always a privilege to stand in front of you. It's such an honor to be able to bring the word of God to to you each and every morning. But I want you to know, on behalf of the church, our team, our elders, we pray for each of you every time. And don't feel shy to call us. Give us a call. We can stand with we can walk with you. And I pray that uh, may those They've been supporting and praying for us. Keep praying for us because we are living in days where you sit and you watch news. And you see back in Turkey and Syria, they're talking of over 24,000 people. The building just collapsed and people have died. Stories have come from Ukraine, of people dying, Africa, America, and everywhere, the people are suffering. But your prayers and my prayers, that if you can pray and continue to trust God, because these are the times that God is testing you and I, but also the devil is testing your faith. To see if you believe that your God is so strong, why can't he do something? And if you believe your God is so loving, why can't he embrace and love those people? But today I want to remind each one of us today that we have a God. That even the challenges that are happening, whether it's inflation, the floods, covid that we have a God in heaven that is caring, is loving for each one of us. And that's why today I want to share with you, I'll be talking on a number of, on the series of Flourish. Because I believe that God has given us a church, God has given us a community, families, and a life that can flourish, even during these times of hard challenges across the world. 
that even when the interest rates are going up, and some of us who pay mortgages, you're trying to pray and wish probably they'll come down, that we can still flourish in this society. That even when the church is being accused for failing, when the church feels like it's, it's, it's deaf and nothing is happening, that I want to believe that we can still flourish. We can prosper during this season. And today in our part one, I want to remind all of us, I want you to ask yourself, what is my purpose in God? A great preacher, Rick Warren from America, asked this question one day, why am I here? Why are you here? None of us send a letter to the parent and ask and requested to be delivered in this world. Is there anybody who requested the parents to be delivered? So there's somebody, there's somebody behind you and I. In the book of Jeremiah, chapter 17, verse 7 to 8, the Bible says, But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. Live along the straight and trees that winter, they, they freeze. These ones, even winter, the leaves are still green. During summer, the leaves are still green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. In his book, Purpose Driven Life, Rick Warren says the purpose of your life is far greater than your own personal fulfillment. That your peace of mind or even your happiness is far greater than your family, your career, or even your wildest dreams and ambitions. He continued to say, if you want to know why you are placed on this planet, you must begin with God. You are born by his purpose and for his purpose. Friends, the world wants to show you that you don't need God. The world is telling us that we don't need God. And ask myself, then why am I here? What is my purpose?
going back to the scripture we read from Jeremiah. Our source of flourishing, our source of prosperity, if it's not God, is temporary. You may look at your account and, and think, oh, no, go, go. I have superannuation that can last me until 150 years. Systems can crash. Systems can be hacked. For some of us, family, and be a source of a purpose and meaning, but it can be very temporary. It's very temporal. It's very short-lived because your identity your identity is in that seed, is in that root. But the day and the time we step out of that, I'll be on my own. In the book of Genesis chapter 37, Joseph gives us a good example of someone who finds his or a purpose in God. Joseph was a resilient, Joseph was resilient through good times and bad times. When it was summer, whether it was on, or even when storms came, Joseph stood his ground. I was looking at this story because Joseph was 17 years and I was thinking about my mom when she prophesied in my life, I was 17. But during my time, I had no dreams, but Joseph has dreams already. Joseph has a dream that his family, they're actually bowing before him. His brothers, his parents, he can see the moon and the stars bowing before him. And I was asking myself, a 17-year-old has already dreams and visions. He has established something for himself. He says that now Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other sons. And because he had been born to him in his old age, and he made a decorative robe for him. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. Joseph had a dream. And when he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. He said to them, listen to this dream I had. We were binding sheaves of grain in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright. When the sheaves gathered around mine, 
she's gathered around mine and bowed down to eat. I'm trying to imagine a 17-year-old telling his older brothers that you guys, you know, one day, one day you'll bow down to me. You know, I have a brother who is, is about 65 years old. And I remember those days, he really punished us when we were quite young. And I'm trying to imagine myself talking to my oldest brother that one day you'll bow before me. If he's not God. His brother said to him, do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? And they hated him all more because of his dream and what he had said. Then he had another dream and he told it to his brothers. Listen, he said, I had another dream and this time the sun and moon and 11 stars were actually bowing down to me. When he told his father as well as his brothers, his father rebuked him and said, What is this dream you had? Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow down to the ground before you? His brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the matter in mind. His father kept this issue in mind. Let's continue. The Bible clearly tells us that Joseph was the favorite of his father Jacob. His robe of many colors designated his hair parent status. Even though he was not the oldest, Joseph wasn't the situation with his family by reporting dreams indicating his brothers and his father will all bow down to him. My message today, as I think about Joseph, is because many of us, we have dreams and visions. Many of us have so much great ideas. But we always think about somebody else that will not appreciate your idea. We always think about somebody else that will not understand your idea. But I've learned from Joseph's story, some of the people that actually shoot your idea down, some of the people that discourage you, some of the people tell you that it won't even happen, are family people. And these are the people you trust. These are the people you spend your time with. These are the people that understand you better than anybody else. They tell you that it will not happen and it won't work. And like Joseph, you all have dreams. And many times you share these dreams with people we trust and family. And some of our family members are among those who betray us. As we travel this journey, 
and as you look at the story of Joseph, I want to remind us that when you find your purpose in God, your seasons of life cannot define you. Your seasons of life cannot define you. And also, the, the scripture we read at the beginning says that even in winter, the leaves of this tree still remain green. Even during summer, they don't dry up. In other words, the seasons that you go through in, in, in life as a, as, a, as a Christian, as a believer, they should be defined by the things that happen around us. I like this scripture from Ephesians chapter 4, 14. It says that then we no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. You, you know, friends, we are living in a season where there is so much prophecy and half of that prophecy is not true. Half of it is not true. And I can say this 100% because I'm sure. There are even people buying water from Israel and selling it to Christians. It's called anointed water. And we buy that water. In the farm of Christianity, in the vineyard of God, Flourishing does not need fertilizer. So friends, we try and do things to please God. We try and do things to, to, to decorate our situation. We try to do things to make our life a little bit easier in God. And, and, and that's why people have gone ahead and, and they're selling water from Israel, calling it anointed water. There are people even pretending that it's prophetic messages and they're not prophets to get so many people lying behind them. There are even people now pretend they actually interpret dreams to get people lying up to them. When you flourish in Christ, it's organic. You don't need any flavors to make it beautiful. Friends, for God, you don't have to add any flavors to your journey. He's saying, come the way you are. That your prayer does not determine how much he's going to love you. Your giving does not determine how God will love you. Neither does your worship determine how much he loves us. Those are things that flow out of the love that we have for us. That when I raise up my hands and worship him, it's not because I want to please him. It's because the joy that is put in my heart raises up because of the love that is in me that it compels me to give towards his work. So I'm not giving to make him love me. I'm not giving to add flavor to my relationship with him. I'm giving because of the joy and the love that is in me that compels me to give towards him. That I come to church not because that I want to please him. I'm coming to church because I want to spend time with him. I want to extend my relationship with him. I go to fellowship because of the joy and the fellowship. I want to spend time with him. 
I pray because of the relationship, not because I'm a beggar that I'm crying before him, that God, I'm desperate for ABCD. I'm praying because of the relationship I have with Christ. So friends, when you struggle in your prayer life, when you struggle in the things that God has placed ahead of you, then there's a problem with your purpose. Because the God that lives in you, the love that lives in you, the power of God that lives in you should be able to compel you and move you to do the things of God. The Bible does not say that Joseph was bitter with God because he was thrown into cistern. And friends, sometimes for many of us, you get the dreams, you get ideas, you get things, and one day you wake up and you'll be drawn into the system. Many of us won't even step in the church because God has forsaken you. I think of my own journey myself. I've had these ideas, I've had these dreams. I've seen that God, this is, this is happening, that this, and then the following day, you are down there. I want to encourage us today that when you find your purpose in God, that there's circumstances that happen around us, it do not define who we are in Christ, because challenges will always be there in our journey. And for, Dan, uh, for Joseph, sorry. I don't know whether he was angry with his brothers, but the Bible says that even in those circumstances, in that place where he was thrown with his brothers, the Bible says that the presence of God was with him in that particular place. The Bible says that when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe, the decorative robe he was wearing, and they took him and threw him into the cistern. The cistern was empty. There was no water. Luckily, we thank God there was no water. But still, it's the lowest place one can leave you. And I want to remind us that the people we trust, the friends, the family, that we worship every day, which is important because they love us. They can turn around and leave you down there. But we have a Father and a God that who loves you, that even during those challenges, he's the only one who stands with you. When you find your purpose in God, temporary and earthly gains cannot distract your focus. You know, many of us have stopped at Potiphar's house. Just because you've been, you, were, you were in the system, you were thrown there and somebody came and lifted you up. And now you're in Potiphar's house. You've been given the responsibilities. You are there like a king. And, and everything is served you. You found favor with God. And now you feel that like you've arrived. We settle for 
luxury, temporary luxury. We settle for temporary Christianity. And that's why I keep on saying that the anointed you had last year is not the same anointing that you're going to carry you in 2023. Hello? The anointing you had even last Christmas, I don't think it will carry you this February. And that's why Moses was reminded by God that when I bring manna to the nation of Israel, it will be fresh and it will be daily. You don't save it for tomorrow. The manna is for today. So I want to remind us that the luxury you have is for today, but don't settle there. Don't settle in, in, in Potiphar's house. You know, sometimes as a church, I feel like we're in Potiphar's house. And, 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 and that's why sometimes the church is being accused with so many other things. But God wants us to wake up and open our eyes. He's saying, don't settle for the temporary. Remember, Potiphar is a human being. He's an individual. He can change his mind tomorrow and put you in prison. The things you settle for that temporary, like I said. The things we settle for that temporary. That even as much as Potiphar loved Joseph, that he entrusted everything to Joseph, he said, you know, between you and my wife, I only trust my wife. I only trust my wife that she's saying the truth. And my friend, you have to go to prison. That's how the devil works. That is enjoying you when you are serving him. When he can see the favor of God. When he can look at you and, and see the glory of God. And his kingdom is prospering. His, his, his life is. But the day he changes his mind. He sent Joseph to prison. He sent Joseph to prison. I know sometimes I myself have settled at Potiphar's place. But God is saying, that's not my purpose. I never intended you to work in that place. Yes, I've, I've blessed you. I've, I've lifted that home up. I've, 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 I've given everything to that home. But that's not the place I want you to settle for. But Joseph thought that was heaven. I'd feel the same after I've been thrown in the, in, in the pit and, and somebody has lifted me up and given an opportunity to live in a king's palace. I'd feel the same. The Bible says that now Joseph had been taken to Egypt to Potiphar's I mean, Potiphar, an Egyptian, who was one of the Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him there. But one thing I like about this is that the Lord was with Joseph. He prospered him and lived in the house of his Egyptian master. He prospered him.
My message today, don't settle in Potiphar's house. The third thing I want to share with us is when you find your purpose in God, challenges become opportunities. You can imagine from palace to prison. For many of us, this would be, have been a chance to cast God and move on. After you've had all these luxuries in this home, meals are so special. Every servant in that home says, sir, salute for you. You have the freedom to order and, 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 and do everything in that home. And now you move from this home to prison. You know, sometimes as Christians, I, I, I think sometimes we, 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 we tell God, you know, maybe I need some mental help with myself. Because God is clearly saying, you know, don't settle in Potiphar. But, and it's God says, you know what, if, if you can't see, I can literally lift you up here and drop you into a forced rehabilitation. I look at prison as a place of rehabilitation for, for Joseph. I mean, that's just my own thinking. But Joseph used this prison time to magnify and glorify God. He never allowed the challenges to step in the way of his God. He never allowed the challenges to deter him from reaching out and glorifying and serving God. He never allowed the challenges to be the hindrance. He allowed these challenges to give an opportunity to serve God even in prison. And to tell you and remind us and challenge us, friends, even in, the, in your weakest time, in your weakest time, use that time to glorify God. Like Joseph Prayer should not be a time to beg God for things. Prayer should be a time to release ourselves to God and tell him, God, without you, we cannot exist. Prayer should be a time when we come before God, we are telling God, there's no one else beside you. Prayer is a time to come before God and tell God, you know what? You are supreme. You are the only one that I can stand and talk to. But many times God is watching as we pray and prayer becomes a time where we, God, can I have this, can I have this, can I have this, amen. And the following day we do the same. Look at the scripture say that Potiphar was Furious when he heard his wife's story about how Joseph had treated her. So he took Joseph and threw him into prison where the king's prisoners were held. And there he remained. But the Lord was with Joseph in prison and showed him his faithful love. And the Lord made Joseph a favorite with the prison warden. Friends. This is the man that has given, had given Joseph every authority in his home. 
But yet when the wife has accused Joseph, he does not say, can I have an investigation? He does not want to hear anything. He grabs this guy and throws him into prison. But unlike Joseph, he does not complain that say, God, I've been serving you faithfully. I've been tortured by my family. Now I've been tortured by an Egyptian. I never even think about you. Joseph goes to prison and feels like home. And he's already ministering to people at prison. He's interpreting dreams. He's honoring God. He's, he's, he's praising God in prison. And I said, God, give me the heart of Joseph. Give me the spirit of Joseph, God, that I can honor you. That even when the challenges and things are happening, I want to focus on you and not on the things that are happening around us. The friends, mountains. Challenges can become mountain when we switch our eyes from God and we switch on the things that we can see. When you switch your eyes for the one that gives you purpose and meaning. When you switch your eyes from the one who understands you and you focus on the problem, the problem becomes the mountain. And that's what the Bible says, that he who has faith like a mustard seed can move mountains because when, when, when you're focusing on God, you don't see the mountain. They move away. Yes, they're there, but because your focus is on God, mountains literally move away because you don't focus on the mountains. You focus on the God. You focus on the one that gives you purpose and meaning. You focus on the one that has called you to be and who understands why you are here. Prison is one of the worst places any of us can be, especially with the case of rape. But Joseph chose to glorify God. He knew that I'm right and I've done the right thing. I still stand for God. And he knew that the presence of God is with me. God understands me. God knows who I am. God can see me. He never doubted God, even a single day, and did a stupid thing. And remind us Christians, let's be Christians. Let's allow God to be God in our lives. Let's not change God when things turn around. The last thing I want to share with us before I pray is that when you find your purpose in God, his presence becomes your motivation. Your motivation. Listen what he says here in verse 19, that but Joseph said to them, don't be afraid, I I am in the palace of God, in the place of, sorry, am I in the place of God? This is Joseph now talking to his brothers. After everything they did to him, 
the brothers are coming humbly, very polite, very sorry, by saying, please forgive us. And he's telling them, Am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done. The saving of many lives. Find your purpose in God. Like I said, many of us, God has been calling you to serve. But you never thought about it. God has been inviting you to step out, to do something. To step into ministry. To put your roots in him. For those of us who are struggling. And for those of us who have never given your life to him. He's saying, come. I provide the water around you. I provide the fertilizer you need for you to flourish, for you to grow. There are many things that give us purpose in life, but they're temporary. And someone said that true religion is central to all Christian ethics. In other words, a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and his enablement living out of the will of God in the world. The things we value are a society that we are looking for. Our journey, our commitment to Christ is central to that. Like I said earlier, if you remove Christ out of that journey, if you remove Christ in everything you do, you end up being a lonely tree in the, in the desert. It's just a matter of time. The weather will catch up with you. And I pray that for those of us who made the commitment that we allow Christ to be the center of our life. <clears throat> Maybe you came today, but you still feel stuck. You feel like your life has no purpose. And you think through, what is it that can be done to connect you? To connect you in the right place. To connect you with your creator. To connect you with the one that has the right purpose for you. And help you through the right thing. As the worship team comes back, I want us to stand up. Where you are, those of us who can stand. If you're able to stand, I just want you to stand up and ask yourself. Have I found my purpose? And how am I living my life? Does my life come from where my purpose is. Because time will tell when challenges come around. Time will tell when things start to shake you, like Joseph. But you can clearly see that Joseph was never, never shaken. 
when his own family, leave alone friends, his own family threw him out, you can see that the central to his system, the purpose for him was still intact. When the man he trusted and worked for him and served him faithfully in his house as a slave, the man he trusted grabbed him and threw him into prison without even inquiry. Without inquiry. Without any hearing from him. And people will do that to you. Managers can do that for you. The place of work you worship. The friends you worship. The things that you hold on that can easily disappear from you. But this one man, this one God, this one person is there for you and I. And today as I finish, I want to challenge us today. If you've never given your life to Christ, today is the best day to think about it. If you've never committed your life to Christ, because it all begins with one single step by you saying yes to Jesus and telling Father, I want my ground to be grounded in you. Because when the shaking will happen, you can see those buildings in, 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 in Syria and other places, even, even as permanent they are, they can be shaken. And I can tell you, we have challenges that can shake any of us to the ground. And when that, those moments come, will you be standing strong on your own? How is your prayer life? How is your fellowship? What are some of the things that can help you as you find your purpose to flourish, to step out there and make a difference? What are things you can do to help you to bear fruit in your journey as a Christian? When people look at you and I, do they see God? Someone told me one thing. Sin, and I'm talking of sin. Sin is sin. Sin can be that tiny, tiny, tiny muddy spot that can drop on your blouse, shirt, or trouser. Just one spot. When you focus on how much you spend on that suit, everybody's focusing on that tiny spot on your suit. Sin can also be that piece of carrot or vegetable that is stuck on your tooth. As you smile, everybody's smiling and looking at that tiny piece of carrot on your tooth. That is how sin can be dangerous. But you have a God that's saying, I want to clean. I don't want to come when you're all whatever. I want you to come as you are today. Because I want to minister to you. I want to help you. I want to walk with you through your journey and help you. As Cass leads us this morning, I'll be standing here. 
That is today, it's a day you're saying, I've never made say yes to Jesus, or I did yes to Jesus, but I've gone back. And you to listen to the story of Joseph and ask God, can I have a bit of that, of Joseph in me today? I'll be standing here and to pray for you. And to pray for you today. Lord, we thank you today. We thank you because people like Joseph, that led by example, that even in the lowest time, when family kicked them out and wanted to kill them, he never gave up on you. That even the man he trusted in Egypt, who rescued him, and Joseph trusted this man, he served him faithfully. He never touched his family, including the wife. He threw him in prison. And today we are here because we know that those are the moments, Father, to stand with us. And there are some of us that are hurting. Maybe they've been hurt by friends. Some of us have been hurt by family. And some of us, just a society, life has been tough for them. And I pray, Lord, that may you give them the spirit, your Holy Spirit, God, the spirit that only, only offers that comfort that we need. And I pray, Lord, that may each one of us, as we walk out of this place, go in freedom and in love you've given us, O oh God. Thank you, Jesus, for today, and may your name be glorified, O oh God. Just in your own words, tell him thank you as you, as, as Cast comes to lead us. Thank you, thank you.